Hello and welcome to Spoil Your Reign. This is an episode on the recent Eighth uh, Amendment referendum, and I am joined by... Jack Kerwin. And I am Jack Abner. So, Jack, we are now a week after the referendum. The votes have been counted. And I would like to make this admission right now is that I was privately wrong and delighted that I was wrong, but I actually thought it would be much tighter. And I think you were more on the line that it would be a little bit higher. And yeah. the one person I know in my whole extended circle who was dead on the money was my dad. My dad, for weeks and weeks and weeks, was telling me and other people that it was going to be a 65-35 proposition, and he was absolutely right. I hilariously, my number that I was happy with was 10% under, yeah. as it was with the gay marriage one. And I think almost all referenda, I need to up my estimations by about 10% in all of these. Yeah, I basically didn't think there would be the turnout there was. Now, That's actually, basically where I was coming from. Before we launch straight into it, we should point out... Um, the reason we didn't do a podcast in this is because there was nothing to add to the discussion. Um, there was no, not much political talk about the referendum uh, amongst the politicians. There was a whole bunch of minor campaign scandals back and forth. Um, and the discussion itself has been going on in Ireland for 35 years. And we, we didn't feel we could contribute yeah. anything new anyway. So we could have done like a podcast months ago, which would have been pointless. We could have done one just before, which would have been pointless. We thought it was best to leave it till after it the over. actual event was over and we can discuss a thing that actually happened. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is pretty much what we've done for most votes and, and elections. We do one afterwards as opposed to before. I mean, the le general elections are a little different because we have a better sense of how that's going to turn out because we have more data on that. Well, there's also there's things to discuss in the ramp-up. Yeah, but, and regional discussions. Moving but, on. So basically, for any of our listeners who are not in Ireland, um, the result was uh, 65 to 35. The turnout was 66, Point I think, four. something like that. So the turnout was in line with general elections. The result was overwhelmingly in favor. It's almost the mirror result of what happened in 1983, yep. except the turnout is much, much higher. Um, every constituency in the country, bar one, voted yes. Uh, Donegal voted no by a margin of about a percent and a half. Um, and obviously, because the constituencies are not the same as counties, we have the tallies for Donegal, all of Donegal split between the two constituencies. The margin is about a thousand votes. So you're not, so even the no area is not exactly a rampant no area, it's a yeah. small margin. Um, it is, it's and there has been, again, like Roscommon, after the gay marriage referendum, there has been a wave of bullshit online of people haranguing this one well, area. Now, I will point out that a lot of the haranguing towards Donegal this time is because Donegal was behind a lot of the haranguing to Roscommon. Yes. Because for once, yeah. Donegal I'll voted, voted yes, yes yeah. and Roscommon voted no. But I would like to point out that the logical conclusion of Donegal's past three referendum votes of voting no to children's uh, rights I'd... and no to... Um, abortion, but yes to gay marriage would indicate to me that they're actually anti-heterosexual reproduction entirely. <laughs> Which, yes, that's if your... you were looking at just the numbers, their population has dropped. Yes, okay, so yeah, yeah, so there's a conspiracy. Um, that's, that's, that's the slagging I'm giving, giving with Donegal from now on. Yep, it's a, it's a novel approach there, yeah. Jack. Um, the, Find a solution that makes no one happy. What we do have this year is interesting, is that we have more local electoral data than I've ever seen before. So yeah. I was able to get tallies. Now, I'll explain for the non-Irish listeners. In an Irish referendum situation, 
Um, the PR system that we normally use doesn't work, obviously, because it's a yes-no proposition. And the votes are tabulated by constituency. Um, and there are a thing called tallies, which are, as the boxes are being opened, a group of people stand around with clipboards and count, literally, how many yeses and nos are per box. Yeah. Each box that's opened corresponds to a certain amount of electoral divisions. That's how we break up the country for elections. If you get enough tallies, you can group this into uh, what are known as local electoral areas, which are the areas we use for county by county, county council elections. So I've already built one for the Leitrim electoral areas, of which there are three. There is my home uh, region, which is now included in Manor Hamilton. There is Carrick and Shannon, and there is Ballinamore. All three of those areas voted yes. The tightest margin was in Ballinamore, which is also the only area that had a pro-choice TD. So unlike most of the narrative you're going to hear and have probably been listening to over the last week, which is that Fianna Fáil party, which was the most uniformly anti-abortion party, is now in trouble because two-thirds of its TDs are in constituencies that voted by 60-40 margins for the, um, against the Eighth Amendment. In Leitrim, it's the opposite problem where the one TD who was pro-choice is from an area that is largely not in favor yeah. of this proposition. And so of, of all the TDs, I think, in the next general election who could have some difficulty, uh, Martin Kenny is one. And for that reason, if you live in Leitrim or in Sligo and you are in favor of what we just passed, you should think about that when you next go to the polls. I'm not saying you have to vote for the guy. I'm just saying if this is something that you really care about, there is one person who is in favor of it and he will have difficulty. Yeah. Now, the reason that that's important is because... Again, a lot of people forget that Ireland is a fairly small country. So a lot of Irish people adopt the notions from the UK, US, Germany, France, much bigger countries and go, well, one person can't make a difference. It one person hear. actually can make a fairly significant difference. As I was going through the tallies on the day of the count in Sligo Leitrim, there were boxes being opened in Leitrim that were being passed by one vote margins. Yeah. If there was ever an election to tell voters that your vote counts, this was it. Now, I will point out that, yeah, people would point out that, yes, but overall it passed by a large margin. But the thing to remember about this is for the local elections and the general elections, yeah. that this is the kind of small margin that these things can get passed by. Um, and we have local elections coming up next year. Yes. So if you look at, like, we're going to be over the next few weeks, we're going to be working on some electoral maps based on the tally data that we got. And thank you very much to everybody who provided tally data to us. Um, it's, it's been largely from the Together for Yes uh, side of the campaign, but if the Save the Eighth people want to send me their tally data, I will take that as well. It's not a partisan exercise. I will take data from everybody. Data um, is data. Data is data. I'm very happy to get it, and it will be publicly available for everybody. It's not a, it's not a partisan outfit. I'm just trying to get information here um, because it's the people's data. That's yeah. at the end of the day. It's for everybody. Um, the local elections... I don't know if this will have a massive impact on the local elections, but in certain areas it will have a significant impact because of the activities of certain councillors yeah. on one or the other side of this issue. Like I think the Waterford councillors are the ones that come to mind who have yeah. the famous picture of like eighteen fellas all holding no posters and 
their local electoral areas flipped, yes, by huge margins. I, I would say if you're a, a young woman or even an older woman looking at running for local council in Watford, this would probably be the year to look at it. Well, see, that's the question, isn't it? Is, is the next year's local elections going to be the year where we see a significant and sustained number of female candidates running and they could run the table in a certain degree i actually have and I've, I've said this a lot um, bear in mind that the quotas does not apply to local government but i've said this a lot to to um many people again it comes from uh, my mother's own observations is that the problem with politics is that politics is a game for much older people typically yeah right? older voters turn out so the slow well it's also a thing of like the people who are running are well into their 60s oh yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. older in, in many cases so when you look back, it's easy to forget that, like, well, we have gender equality now, which, by the way, for many of these people, like, you know, 40 years ago, they were still remembering the time where, you know, if you were a woman got married and you're in the public service, you, you had to forced out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it wasn't that long ago. But so for now, I would assume that what we're looking at is two things. You can see very clearly from the uh, Yes campaign in particular, but also to a degree the No campaign. But for the Yes campaign in particular a vast amount of um, very public uh, f female advocates and um, politicians really coming to the fore. And I think that's more of, I, I wonder if it's more of an effect of women now moving more into politics rather than this creating an opportunity for women to move into politics. Or a bit of both. Or a bit of both. I mean, that's always the thing. I do it's think, an encouragement perhaps as well. I do think that the, the grassroots particularly on the S side, was dominated and led by young women. And it was kind of incredible to see it. And it's great to see it, because we've never really had that. And my hope is that that will translate into a much more diverse body of people running for elections, um, which would include 51% of the population who haven't really yeah. been represented very well. I mean, the gender quotas we brought in only apply to the doll. And they don't apply to local government, and local government is overwhelmingly male and overwhelmingly over the age of 50. And, and that needs to change. Those are important things to bear in mind. They only apply to political parties and only towards candidates they put forward. Yeah. And it was fairly clear in a number of constituencies that they particularly ran weak female candidates to just get over to the, just quota. Get the quota. You yeah. know? Fianna Fáil was particularly bad for yeah. that. The two parties that are the best on gender quotas because they, they, were already, they were already in compliance are the Labour Party and Sinn Féin. And I would also point out the reason that they have to abide by the quotas is because they do get public money. Yes. Right? No, no, That's the quotas, an important thing yeah. to bear in mind for, yeah. for our listeners. This isn't a private organization exactly. Yeah, and also the thing about quotas is some people misunderstand what they are. They are not quotas about what seats are won. Yeah. They're quotas over how many candidates you have to run. Political because party, we, in this country, fund political parties by public money as an anti-corruption measure. Yeah. And people need to get that through their heads. The reason we did this, the reason why TDs get a principal level salary, which people get mad about, is to prevent what was horrendous corruption for 50 years, where councillors would have jobs on, you know, so they would be yeah. a construction guy and then be voting on construction stuff that somehow magically helped themselves. You know, all of this type of stuff was designed, we designed all these systems to get money out of the political arena. We haven't succeeded in every uh, But it's a place. lot better than it was. The politics now, if you look at 1990 and now, it's so much cleaner yeah. and so much more open. Now, returning to the, the principal matter at hand. So, the campaign was uh, interesting, to say the least, because it was clear to me that 
both sides in this campaign, I mean, look, if you look at the, the major figures, on the S side, it was a lot of the same figures who were running for the gay marriage uh, mm -hmm. campaign. If you look at the no side, it was the same faces we've seen again and for again. For 35 years. Yeah. I do think that the S side was largely, because it didn't focus on three or four figures and it decentralized itself really well, that that really made it work. The same strategy they used for, for the, the Yeah, exactly. Let yeah. the local campaigns run their own show. This is why I find this very... Uh, and also, that's why the Irish Times and the RTE version of what's happened has been so annoying for so many people because people are like what the hell are you talking about that is not what happened in my region and they're finding well, the three or four politicians and sticking them up front well i mean even uh, on the donegal one there were people going and the yes campaign wasn't up here and i could tell you the yes campaign, campaign was, was up there. there in fucking droves yeah loads of but, them. and the north people yeah. from the north came down and helped yeah but the thing that i find interesting about this is is that like with the gay marriage campaign where the yes side played a very quiet door-to-door tell people's personal stories, yeah. um, just simple posters going like for equality and so on, in this case is for compassion I believe is the one they mainly ran for, yeah. and they generally kept quiet and avoided any major big political struggles and you know people will debate whether they won the debates or not, but the point was is that they knew that the debates weren't where they're going to win, mm -hmm. they knew the poll stream wasn't where they're going to win, they knew that they'd win door to door and being quiet and measured. Mm -hmm. Because the No campaign did the exact same mistakes on the last campaign. They ran an aggressive campaign coming from, and I'd be quite certain, UK, US style thinking of on course referenda. Of course it Which was. is moronic because neither of those countries know how to run a referendum to save their fucking life. Yeah, because right? they don't run them. Um, they ran aggressive campaigns trying to get the opposition to, to cut, hit back at them, which never happened. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think to a certain degree, this was a campaign that the No side... I think they would have lost regardless. But they really but made it bad. For I think they, they, they helped themselves lose because uh, I think as a general rule, I mean, actually, I, can, I don't even have to go through a general rule. A lot of the time I talk about political scandals to people from other bigger countries, like Irish political scandals, and they look at me like I have three heads. Yeah. Right? Because they're going, that's a scandal to you? Because yeah. they're coming from places like, you know, Chicago, where the local government is, you know, like, oh, notoriously yeah, corrupt. found this guy with this bag of money in his closet and a bunch of, you know... And you go, yeah, but for Ireland, this was a major political scandal. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the problem is, is that when you're coming to a country that has such a more relaxed, quiet, and I won't say well-mannered, but polite, I civil. suppose. Civil, civil. Civil discussion when it comes to many political issues, including yeah. this one, bear in mind. Yeah, except on, well, online's different, but in person, it's Online civil. is yeah, it's different. an illusion. Um, but... The problem is, is then when you come in with an aggressive style campaign that may work great abroad, mm. you're not coming across that same political divide that exists there. Because, again, we discussed before, our political system trends to the middle. Yeah. So all you end up doing is alienating people who are in the middle and people who are on the fence who now don't want to be associated with you. But it's also like the, the amount of stuff you see from talking to activists is like they were getting attacked there were people throwing stuff at them there were people just being really violent being very aggressive because the no campaigns a lot of not a lot of their supporters but there's a chunk of their supporters that are the more psych, kind of psychotic religious types and that yes. is another problem where you're flying in psychotic religious types from other countries who are they're not Irish, what the hell are they doing here? And that raises, the thing about this referendum for me is, what does it mean for future referenda is really the thing that kicks into me. There's the advertising question, there's the campaigning from abroad question. I mean, I really do think that we should tighten up 
all of our electoral laws. So basically, we can empower border security people to stop psychotic yeah. American Southern Baptists from turning up and Coming driving over people. to volunteer without a visa for it. You see, that kind of stuff, like, we need to get rough about this because we cannot have foreigners interfering with our electoral process. I mean, we're an island. This is not, this is not rocket science. We must stop them. Well, to me, it's the thing of particularly being a small country, the ability for a larger, like, country or corporation to or government to interfere is huge. Is huge. Yes. Um, the, like, just to use it this way, the money that can be lobbied at um, the UK and US governments and the German government and French government, the money that has to be lobbied at them to stay the course is a lot. Is huge. Yeah. If that money is chucked at Irish politics, that is a vast problem. Look at Libertas. Yeah. I mean, Libertas is the last good example of this, which is where Libertas came out of nowhere, funded by weird shadowy money that no one's really clear how the hell that worked. And it did two things very successfully. One, it sort of ran on old-school Euroscepticism, which has always been very dominant in the Western regions of the country. And it wasn't responsible, but it was, it was very good at taking credit for the first no vote for Lisbon. I would actually argue that they did more to screw up the no vote for Lisbon than anything else, because I was a no voter and I this didn't like the these guys. This is the point we want to get to before we move on from the campaigning, I suppose. Yeah. This, the bigger problem with this is that regardless of whether you think it hurt the yes side... It also hurts the no side, because as we've mentioned before, we were both no voters on Lisbon 1. Yeah. Lisbon 2, I voted yes, because they fixed most of the issues I had with it. I think you stayed no. I stayed no. But um, <laughs> here's the thing. Both of us got hit with the same brush as yeah. being part of Libertas. Now, it's easy to go, people should be more considerate about people. But when you're looking at the very public crazy figures being crazy, it's yeah. very difficult to go, well, I'm a moderate. No vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's the going, well, where are you guys? Yeah. We're not seeing you guys. We're seeing the crazy people. You can argue that's, that there's an aspect of media exposure to that, but I don't think that's necessarily true here either because we're not talking media exposure for this country. We're talking like literally on the ground meeting people yeah. here and there. And this leads to the problem that no voters who genuinely were voting for um, you know, what they believe was the right thing got lumped in with far more extreme crazy voters who also thought they were voting for the right thing but they were doing it in ways that are, were just not acceptable to the vast majority of the populace well also they were, they were committing crimes I that think, too I mean, that, that's that, the, they did commit a number of crimes, crimes. Yeah, yeah so the, this, this is the other thing it's like you have one side of the debate that is engaged some elements of it are engaged in criminality and that might sound very rough thing to say but it's true I mean you if you uh, inter no. if you interfere with um people's attempt to vote on polling day that's a two-year sentence if you try to hurt somebody in the in the going around of campaigning that's a five-year sentence because that goes all the way back to the civil war so you know you cannot uh, we, we in this country have built an electoral system that's designed to allow people the right to vote because up until the 1930s men with guns were trying to stop you yeah trying to vote so it's not like it's in distant history. There are people who are probably 90 who are alive this, then. This is an electoral process born out of the same type of politics that was around in the 30s in Europe yes, exactly. all over the place. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the rights of citizens to vote is invaluable. In, uh, what's the word? Uh, inalienable. Inalienable. And so you can't have a campaign that's trying to commit crimes. Or you can't have a campaign that's trying to degrade the idea of voting the whole false votes and all this sort of yes, shit that and drove the, me the, the media bonkers. going around saying that they've actually switched it so voting yes is voting no and yeah yeah that stuff was was around quite a bit in the election day 
Um, as well as that, I want to point out now, I know the nose side will come out and go, well, the Yes campaign, I also saw a Yes campaigner take down a poster in that. There's a however, difference between taking down a poster and intimidating someone. However, I want to point out a more important thing. I know for a fact that one side was doing it more in my region than the other, and it wasn't the Yes side. Yeah. Because I saw the Yes poster change every few days. Yeah. I would go for a walk in the same stretch of road, and the No posters stayed untouched, except for one or two that were, you know, hit and attacked, but there was usually a bent corner. Yeah. But the yes posters would disappear and have to come back the next few days. Yeah, right? yeah. The second one is, is the Guardian were actually fairly clever on this one. They knew they couldn't uh, go after them during the campaign because they would swing it to be the media being biased. So they went after them after. Which I want to point out, that's the thing that I particularly find, uh, well, not the thing I find most distasteful, but the thing I find particularly most um, egregious about the No campaign. The No campaign got considering that their support was apparently about 33% of the population, yeah. plenty of airtime for their views. Yes. More than fair. Probably more, about 60%. Like, they got I a lot say, of coverage. Yeah, probably more than the SVOT now, perhaps because the SVOT didn't seek it, I suppose. But... Well, I think it, they weren't listened to as well. They weren't listened to as well. But, I mean, local media, bear in mind, local newspapers, like the Leitrim Observer, there's a, there's a lot to be said about that newspaper. They kind of ran a consistent no-line the whole mm -hmm. way through. And that... And they got plenty of support in the debates, yeah. and they were able to send the speakers they wanted, though they did change uh, their speaker at one occasion to try and then try to play it off that as was, the OT wouldn't let them speak. That was weird. wouldn't let them speak two nights in a row, yeah, like yeah. they wouldn't do with any candidates for the uh, debate. But here's the thing. I find it very distasteful to be running that style of, let's try pull the wool over your eyes, because I live in this country, it's a small country, I travel around it a lot, I can see what's happening very easily and clearly and i'll point out i would not affiliated with any campaign i don't think of being part of any campaign except for my own hilarious and disastrous one for the students union of i guess i was your campaign manager for that but here's the thing i don't think i've ever now okay people will have debates during general elections if every party got a fair share of the shaking yeah, stick yeah, and the media yeah. thing but generally they all the major parties get at least 10 minutes per hour yeah, yeah, bigger do. parties do get more. I'm not going to deny but that. But it's proportional. But it's it's proportional, and it it does come down to a thing of. And there the are guys with stopwatches. And, and the bigger stuff. parties run more candidates, so like they get get more yeah. coverage just through that. Yeah. This one, they were trying to say that they like at the end of the campaign that they were pushed out of the Irish media. You're going no, the Irish media bent over backwards to listen to the no campaign. But also, also local radio, uh, mm -hmm. was running in some areas was running two to one. Yeah. in favor of a no. Half the local newspapers were no. So it's like, what the hell are you talking about? There is lastly, this, on the know, internet sphere, lest we not forget. Well, that was a disaster. Until Facebook and Google removed foreign ads, yeah. I want to point out, foreign yeah. ads, yeah. of which there were plenty no, virtually no yes. As no far yeses, as I yeah, yeah. The internet for Irish people was flooded with no campaign ads on the internet. See, I have... On I, every I've, social media platform. See, I have um, really good ad blockers. I, I run three of them. Yes. So I run three different ad blockers. So I didn't see the banner ads, but I had friends who were saying to me, I was on the New York Times and I saw these crazy ads. Like, they're on... They were everywhere. everywhere. Because they'd figured out how to get that. That raises a question about advertising full stop. I have come to the position, and this mightn't be the most popular position, that we should ban all advertising. And here's why. I do not, I, like, outside the house now, you can see this poster just around the corner, right? It's a week later. That's not supposed to be there. I don't know who yeah. it belongs to. But they are an eyesore. Yes. They are huge litter. They're unenvironmentally friendly. They shouldn't be there. And I, honest to God, cannot see 
I, I've never seen any evidence that the concentration of posters equals the vote. Yeah. Well, this is a clear example that it didn't. No, it didn't. I mean, yeah. the margins in the working class and middle class areas in Dublin are roughly similar. Uh, working class areas are a little bit higher for no, but not a huge amount so. And actually, you know, the depends. The middle class areas are... Yeah, they're, yeah. they're still, they're all yes voters too. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't understand what the posters are, but I think we should ban all of it. I also think we should ban all online advertising as well. Well, on a final point... We, uh, we banned TV and radio. We were the uh, first country to do that. But on a final point, I'd also like to, to point out that I talked to a number of people who mentioned stuff of people tweeting and things they read on Reddit and things they saw on Facebook. And I went, this is what the yes or no campaign is actually believing. You do not know that because the internet is a made-up bullshit place, right? Again, I just want to point this out very strongly. You are getting, a lot of the time, snapshots of pictures of a Facebook account that you have no notion if this is the real person. Yeah. Or if it was a real person and you go, this person represents the S campaign, did it come from the official S campaign? Then no, it didn't. Yeah. Um, if you see videos on YouTube of either side, I want to point out, there's a problem with videos in that they generally... I have found, ones that show like someone attacking someone else, tend to start just when the attack happens, and you don't actually have a clear thing of like, oh yes, this person's wearing the blue jersey and this person's wearing the red one, so mm. we know which one's the bad one and this wasn't set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The internet is a great tool for manipulation and bullshittery. Now, that said, it's a perfectly good place to have a discussion, but if you're trying to form your political views on Ireland based on the internet, I would advise you go outside and talk to people who live in Ireland. Yeah. You are not voting on the internet. No, no, you're not. And also, the, the I mean, the the discourse between online discourse, the sort of artificial world that that is, and what actually happens in people's kitchens when you're chatting to somebody. And I was talking or, to a campaigner. As we said, door to door. Yeah, but like, a lot of the campaigners were like, yeah, yeah, the online stuff is one thing, but it is actually when you're talking to someone in their mm -hmm. kitchen or in their house or in their yard, it's a whole other deal. And again we're not that balkanized because we're too damn small. Yes. It is, we're too small a country. You could not run one message in Cork without people in Limerick hearing about it. Yes. There's no way you could do that. And it's not, it's not because they're geographically close together. It's because people go from Limerick to Cork and will talk to each other. You know, we're too small for the US and British style balkanization. By the way, that balkanization is also amplified and codified by a first-past-the-post electoral system. Yes. And since we don't have that, it's very unlikely that it's going to work. I do think, though, we have to get tougher with Facebook and Twitter and particularly Google and say, look, you operate in this country. You boys make a good bit of money fucking around with the tax system. Here's the deal. You're going to do what we tell you when it comes to electoral laws. Yeah. We are not going to allow this interference. And if so, we'll have to extend the prim criminal penalties well, to them. It does seem at least Facebook and Google got that message without having to be well, Google kind of messed around yeah, there. Google messed around, but Google's also messing around with things like the GDR and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway, moving on, um, just an, on the balkanization topic, mm -hmm. looking at the stats of um, who voted what and where. So interesting one that I'd like to point out, against the balkanization is right. that the, there, there isn't the great urban-rural divide. No. Um, and now, the reason I want to bring this one up is that this is an example of or, or general media being morons. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's be honest. Most of this campaign, they were morons. Right. So, the general media tends to be 
Dublin based for a large majority. Why don't we list them, Jack, just so we're clear? You're talking about RTE, RTE the Irish Times, Times, Independent, Independent to a degree three, and it's probably Today FM, News Talk. Yeah, I think the general yeah those five uh, major really. entertainment broadcasters and yeah. newspapers. Now they're not entirely. I do want to point out that they do do some good work, um, like in certain areas. Watch the blue moon. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't know what that work is exactly, but they do do it. Don't watch it. So um, I know. Yeah, but. The problem that they run into a lot of the time with politics um, is that they get people who have opinions, which is fine to have opinions, but yeah, their you're opinions listening to one right now. <laughs> are based off of worldwide politics. Yeah. And by worldwide politics, what I really mean is politics in the Anglosphere and to a degree the EU. Yeah. And since both Brexit and Trump elections, people have been clamoring for the notion of, will this country go that way next? And so far, it hasn't fucking happened to any other countries. Mm-hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? The, you know what? There's an interesting reason for that. Get none of those countries have the same electoral system. You, that might you'd be a be clue. Surprised that the very basic changes to an entire electoral system, how a country is organized, how it actually runs its politics, would yeah. have an effect on yeah. how a country organizes and its politics. There's another argument as well: is that this country already did that lurch to the right, yes, fifty years ago, and yeah. we're trying to pull ourselves out of it. So why yeah. the hell would we have a further one to the right when our whole system was already there? Yeah. Now, the, the, the continuing of this um, issue is that there were predictions that the rural areas would go no, or more heavily no than Dublin. Now, Dublin did go more heavily, yes, but not by the giant margin that people expected. No. Now, there is, again, a very simple explanation for this that was ignored. Yeah, Dublin has a higher population. That higher population, a lot of those people were not born in Dublin. So their parents and other family members live in the country, which means that they communicate. We're not talking a city like London here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like London, yes, it has a lot of people from outside London, but the amount of people born, raised, who have lived most of their entire lives in, in London, London yeah. is huge. Yeah, because it's 20 million. We're yeah. not talking American cities where like, you've got a city, a number of suburb towns around it, and yeah. then the rural tracts between cities. Yeah, yeah. We're talking a country that is one major urban center, a number of smaller little dotted urban centers, um, and the tracts of land between... A major urban center and a major urban center is, I mean, an hour at most. Yeah, I between mean, urban centers, yeah. Even, even the most isolated places with the worst roads, like the west of the west, north of the north, you're looking at an hour and a half tops. Between urban centers? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and as I said, the population travels and moves a lot. Mm-hmm. So the ideas move around. And communications. Yeah. People, like... The urban-rural divide that was evident in 1983, 1985, 1987, right? That, that was like, you could say that was peak, yeah, right? When, because you look at the elections, you look at the results. When also, when young people left to other countries. Yes, exactly. But also, communication wasn't great then, Yes. right? Now, cell phones, constant communication back and forth. Um, I'm in WhatsApp groups with people I grew up with from Sligo and Leitrim. I don't get to see them all the time, but we're in communication, yeah. even though we don't live near each other. That's not uncommon. Do you know, but that would have been unheard of in the 80s because that wasn't well, fucking possible. The fact I could take my phone out now and send a text to like 13 different people dotted around the globe is yeah. kind of ludicrous. Yeah, so the um, communication, and that's that's a non-social media communication, yeah. right? Because phone... That's a know, social group. Social group is a different thing. So that, that has an impact because obviously the things that lessen urban and rural divides are a, a certain, not shared values because I hate that word. It's more like shared understandings of things. Yes. Like, a, just a baseline of what they agree on. Now, 
I suppose moving on from the urban. I world also divide. do think though there's uh, the, the the thing about the urban rural divide. Just because it doesn't exist on social issues does not mean this is the thing because yes. I'm where I'm seeing this crap now from right wing media, yeah. which is go oh well then the the West is fine. No, the West is fucked. So like economically. The, the the there was a there divide was has never been the wider. group of kids from Roscommon who went to the minister the at the delegation of this school group from Roscommon the kids went and said we are living in an economic apartheid yeah and I was like this is amazing I wanted to say that for years but I let the from the mouth of babes they said it <laughs> I mean it's so true I spent the weekend inside I was walking around things are closed shops are gone yeah it is massive economic damage that is real. Just because socially we have a shared understanding of what we are comfortable doing as a country. Economically and infrastructure It is screwed. Yeah. And, and what annoys me is that the kind of people who kept banging on about the urban-rural divide from social things because it, it suited their yes. agenda to be snotty south-side pricks who could look down on the rest of us. The problem is now they're going to go, oh, well, what the hell are they complaining for? They yeah. have a road. They have one hospital. Yeah, okay, they got to travel seven hours for cancer treatment. Who gives a shit? You, do you know? Yeah. That's what annoys me. That, that is a very good and fair point to make. But moving on to the young-old divide. Yeah. Now, this is a fun one. Over 65s is the wrong demo to use, by the way, just to say yes. it. Because I think it's actually over 75s. It could very well Like, be. I think that there is a distinction between like, older voters and younger voters, but over 65 is the wrong age. I, 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 th- I think it hits into the problem, though, of, like, if you divide that further, then you have to divide all the other groups further. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But I saw this one on, um, I, I, because I, look, I'm a glutton for punishment, and I love to find out what the other side is saying. Uh, I've been looking up, the, like, news, Catholic newspapers, like the Catholic Herald and so on. Yeah, there's a few of those in the shops, yeah. Uh, now, so, some of the, 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 the discussions they've had, have, oh, God, it's been joyous. But one of the points that they made is that the young people voted, like, somewhere like 82% in favour. Yeah. So obviously, the young people being brainwashed by—I believe they've actually used the term "social justice thinking from America." Now, I, I think that's an incredible leap of logic to make, considering this is a discussion that has been ongoing in Ireland for thirty-five years since before we were born. Right. Um, this is a discussion my parents would have been having and voting on yeah. when they were my, younger than me. Actually, yeah, yeah, now yeah, I think yeah. about it. Exactly. So, the other thing I want to point out about that is that okay, yes. Um, the younger average bracket, 18 to 29, I think it is, um, maybe it's 30, yeah. they did vote very overwhelmingly in favor. Yeah. But then the next bracket of like 30 to 45 was like 70, 69-ish, somewhere yeah. around there. They were also overwhelmingly so in favor. So still overwhelmingly in favor. And then you get to like uh, the bracket my parents would be in, which is that 40 to 65 bracket. And again, that was still in around the like 59, 65 area. Yeah. So, it, and then you finally get to the over 65, right? And it's Literally narrow. only retired people, or yeah. people who didn't want to retire in that bracket. Yeah. And they were the only bracket that was in favor of, of no. And it was tight. Yeah, and it was tight. Yeah. Right? That is, yeah, you can definitely see there's been a decline mm-hmm. in abortion support over the years. But this isn't something of, like, this is a clear, slow social change that's happened over yeah. 35 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to hammer that 35-year point in because this isn't some new no. discussion. No, it's not. It's not. It was It was a proposition that most people knew something about. But it's a, Jack, this is like... it's Actually, you know, I figured out a good way we can explain it to the American population. This is like the gun control debate for Ireland. 
It's yeah, a debate a that like we all know. grew up hearing about it. You developed your ideas about it as a teenager. You kept hearing about it. You kept hearing about it. You kept, you, it's been yeah. there yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There yeah. are entire age groups that just grew up in the shadow of it's school shootings. It's always been there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has never gone anywhere. Um, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it is always hilarious that the Brits send a send over their sort of they always have like a have you noticed like the guardian or the financial times or any of these kind of the more shall we say mainstream ish i don't mean the tabloids like newspapers they always have a dublin correspondent and it's always like someone from dunleary who was a barrister and you're like yeah this person really represents me man yeah and so this person always comes over it goes to the most rural part of the country they can find talks to, you know, what for the Brits would be toothless cretins, then come back, and then they just reinforce this kind of post-famine Irish bullshit idea that they have of us. And I just sit there and just go like, why don't you actually, if you're in the in business of hiring Irish correspondents, there's like absolutely loads of really smart Irish journalism grads from outside of Southside Dublin. If, if anyone's looking, I'll be graduating from digital media soon and I'll be available to be hired. Yeah, Jack is looking for <laughs> the Financial Times. Jack is looking for work right now. Um, but, you know, it's the, the narrative they got from it was, like, what does this mean for Brexit? I was like, what the hell does that mean? If they were all putting it inside a Brexit box, it was like, well, these people have had referendums. Forgetting, of course, that our whole system well, is built on referendums. I suppose Brexit for the British is oh, such an overwhelming issue that it is becoming clear the closer it gets that like any time they find anything, they're just trying to stuff it into the Brexit box. You know? Yeah. I mean... It's like, you know, the northern Somalian the no- piracy. What does this mean for Brexit? Yeah, you know? <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're getting to the stage where it's ridiculous stuff. You know, the Easter Bunny isn't coming this year. Is it because of Brexit? You know what I mean? Santa. What was it? There was one. It was like, Waterford Whispers, like, Santa refuses to go to the UK because of Brexit. You know, this kind of stuff. Uh, the reaction of the church has been interesting because I think now we have to get really serious about okay get them out of the schools get them out of the healthcare which they are immediately are jumping on after this yeah like there was almost no gap between no. this passing and people going oh okay. well, that's you gotta go yeah there is the weird thing in the exit poll which is where we're getting this data from by the way there were two exit polls there was an Irish Times one and there was a RTE one they're roughly similar the Irish Times one was I think closer yes um, so they, they did like an age demo breakdown of who voted for what women men all this kind of stuff um, and one thing they did talk about was religion. Now, again, asking the religion question in this country is mental because we've gone through this before. People say they're cultural Catholic. I actually am starting to argue now as I talk to more and more cultural Catholics. I'm like, you are all Anglican. You just haven't realized yet, but you are all Anglican. You're reading the Bible at home. I have news. Yes, you yes, can't yes. be a Catholic and read the Bible at home. It is the thing of like, well, I don't believe in transubstantiation yeah. and uh, yeah. not a master personal relationship with God. I like to have my own interpretation of of the Bible and things you're going that, that's, that's, that's not exactly Catholicism <laughs> yeah you've the, moved the Pope might have a few ideas and then you go well I'm not a big fan of the Pope I don't think he's that right and you're going like no, see you're not a Catholic that, now that would be very much what the Protestants were thinking yeah. about a you know, couple of hundred years, years ago. ago yeah yeah so like the, <laughs> there is it'll be interesting to see if, if we if we end up I actually think if we if we had a two-week campaign where we explained what the words non-denominational Christian meant, mm. and next time we put that on the census, 80% of the country would say they were non-denominational yeah. Christian because they just don't know what the hell that is. Yes. But if you said that, this is actually what you believe, and you don't have to go towards the scary Protestant label, yes. I think that would like literally the whole country go, oh, I'm that. 
Yes. Because I mean, that's pretty much what they are. They're kind of easygoing. Well, I'm not exactly easygoing, but they're kind of like, yeah, I believe in something, but I don't really want to be told what to do, and I don't like bishops, and the guy in the dress is a little weird, and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, he's coming. Frank, oh, yes. Big Frank. Yeah. He's uh, coming to Ireland that has lost its soul. He's coming He's coming to hear 1.3 million confessions. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm still hoping he decides to, to, to open up excommunications. I'll be first in line. I'll be first in line too. Yeah, I can look forward to that. Um, uh, it is to the degrees. We'll have to see. I mean, the the if we can get them out of the the education sphere and well, I out believe of, they already uh, tabled a bill for that. Yeah, they've taken yeah. them out of the baptism stuff. Um, yeah, that's all good. We just need to push on push with a that. further. And of course, um, you know, it, this is a this is a, an important thing actually. To, 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 to grasp about this is that a church a church fundamentally does have to represent its people um, and it, it's become apparent that the Irish people have never really been exactly fully in the, the traditional Catholic fold. They've always yeah. had a little bit of a unusual, unusual characteristics, characteristics. Hmm. but it's, it's kind of clear at this stage that like the, the, the Catholic Church just does not represent the people anymore so the people no. have left it that's just how it goes yeah exactly um, although again I will point out again from the Catholic Herald I did enjoy their thing of going I mean this may have been the, the drop in Catholicism may have been due to some uh, minor church some, not minor but some church scandals and they're going scandal is really putting the number of things to, to, yeah. to lightly but you yeah. know crimes crimes Cri- crimes 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 against crimes yeah yeah mass crimes like enormous crimes in mass yeah yeah major yeah yeah as many crimes as possible the last thing i think we should talk about briefly is what is the next step now that the amendment has gone through just on a technical basis because yes. we tend to do this quite well because people most uh, most newspapers you read will tell you nothing about the technical process because i secretly think that they, they don't have an, a notion of reading wikipedia would be a strain yeah, well, I mean, they, they um, don't even know how to read, like, you know, the Constitution properly. It's kind of humna, 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 yeah. I'm not sure. Um, basically, the next thing that has to happen is, now that we have repealed the Eighth Amendment and put in a clause that says that it may be legislated, yeah. the, it reverts to primary legislation. Primary yes. legislation says that abortion is illegal in all circumstances, bar one, basically, and you get a 14-year sentence and so yeah. on and so forth. That's called the Protection of Life and Pregnancy Bill, uh, passed in 2013. Um... So that bill has to be repealed. There are some strange little bits and pieces in some 19th century law that have to go as well, um, just to kind of tighten it up. Um, So we're going to have to have a new bill. Then we're going to have to have secondary legislation, which is the rules and regulations for hospitals. I think there also has to be parallel ones for GPs. So there's that secondary legislation that'll probably be done by a statutory instrument. But the primary legislation has to get through the house. Now, we have done some very rough maths based on the current party sittings in the doll. Yeah. And factoring in the amount of committed anti-abortion TDs that are in there. We think that there is a path to get a bill through, but it will be a tight margin. Um, and mainly not because of the level of support, but because of how the support breaks down by party. So if you're in Sinn Féin, or in the Labour Party, or in the independent left movements, you want a bill that is the least restrictive yes. possible. If you're more on the... Because what Charlie Flanagan said a couple of days ago, he's the Minister for Justice, is this is not going to be a super liberal bill. That's kind of signaling this will have more restrictions in it. And I think the fight will be between 
How restrictive is this and how loose is this? How much is this being dealt with by an individual doctor basis and how much of this yeah. is actually being written into law? Well, like, there's, a, there's a couple of very specific things that... Uh, well, the decriminalization has to happen as soon as possible. Yes. Um, but the, there's a couple of things about this. First off, in case anyone isn't familiar with the Irish system, because we only really have the one house that is functional, yeah. um, TDs take three months off. Four? No, they take... Two months? Two months. Two months. Seven and a half weeks. It used to be longer. It's a little shorter now. Anyway... Which means that nothing's going to happen during that yeah. period. Now, in that seven right. and a half weeks, just to be clear, they're not going to Casa del Sol here. No. When they're in an off period, because local government largely is dysfunctional, because most of the power has been burglarized by central government, um, it means that in those seven weeks, they run clinics all over their constituencies. People go in and talk to them. They come with their problems. Industry come in and say, we need this, we need that. The sewers are screwed, whatever. I have gone to TDs in this period myself for problems I've had or issues I've wanted to raise. It is part of democracy. It is not a fun period of there time. There is an attack on these periods by News Talk and other right-wing yeah. goons who have no idea what actually happens. It is This is well, the moment when you're supposed to talk to your representative. Isn't it funny that they're also against local government, but there's the only reason we have these is because we have no functionally local government? Yeah, well, yeah. like, the inconsistencies uh, in the right wing in this country, you could write a book on it. Many, many, many books. Yeah. And it, I think, arguably, people have. People have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, so, basically, there's a, there's a debate now over whether we should suspend most of this off period so that we can get the bill through as quickly as possible. Because the way legislation goes in our country is that you have to go through different stages, there's amendments, there's so on and so forth. So it's going to be a fairly I'm, I'm also going to make an know, long process. That, like they're aiming for J January, which is around the same time it took them to do gay marriage. So let's, you know, this is much more There's a court case there. There's you also know, probably going to be a court case but here. But this too. is the thing, is that this yeah. is why it takes a while. Yeah, there yeah, are reasons. Yeah. But there's another argument to be made is that um, it's not like hospitals and GPs like had their their like the pills ready and no. the the clinics set up and ready no. to go. No, this all takes so time. So this this is going to take even if they got it up and running as soon as possible, to actually get the health service to sort it out is going to take time to figure out where it goes to figure out who you know conducts these things to figure out who they're going to source these pills from. In many cases, then there's the issues um, of you know anti-abortion doctors who uh, refuse to want to refuse to refer, which is a fucking real no-go. Yeah, I think that's um, going to be illegal. I think they're going to have to. Ban I think that. it's I think it's illegal to not refer someone. Yeah. If you're not willing yeah. to do something, fine. If you're but not willing to refer someone, someone, that's a crime. That's that's yeah, a yeah. Um, that's medical fail no, fail to treat malpractice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but there's that, also that, going to be how do we regulate hospitals because it's pretty clear yeah. that hospitals are under attack by these crazy people. Yeah, the and exclusion I, zones. Was, I had this weird discussion on Twitter where someone was asking me, um, was asking not me but asking in general, which I participated in, which was about. You know, they were worried about American-style free speech zones and things like that. And I said, none of that applies in this country. There is no guaranteed right to free speech I, or free expression. I also have a couple of, there's a couple of interesting constitutional questions in this, of course, which is that while they may be covered under some broader EU law, um, as Not far here. as I know, or, or coverage for um, citizens' assembly and free speech are both, say, citizens' Which is a really interesting yeah. quirk. I don't think it was intended. No, but you can use it but, against yeah. the non-ones, yeah. But as well as that, there's an also an issue that I want to point out to people is that this is for hospitals specifically. Because this will not, we will not have clinics like they have in America. That's just not how Ireland works. No. What we will have, it will be in hospitals and GP's office. Yeah. 
uh, here's the thing if you ever worked in a hospital or know anyone worked in a hospital, you, you kind of need people to be able to get in and out easily without crap without in crap in front of them. And I, I know, like, yeah, you want people to protest, but say if they can protest these clinics, can anyone protest something they want to protest at the hospital? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Like, suppose uh, someone wants to protest uh, the lack of gay conversion therapy. Can they... They hang outside the hospital for eight hours protesting didn't this, that. Didn't this come up with the nurses' strikes, where the nurses were told by law that they weren't allowed to block entrances? I think yes. yeah. So, like, we already have a precedent where the actual people who were striking for pay, which is a completely different thing, were told that they can't block the entrance. So, if you can't, if you if you can't strike in front of a building because of that reason, then, and you sure as hell can't protest in front of a building, then it also comes into aspects of it com- is covered by harassment. Yeah. And if you don't think it's covered by harassment, I mean. Could I, could I go uh, outside of a, you know, uh, let's say a clinic specialized for heart disease and go, like, fatty should die? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I fucking wouldn't, by the way. I want to point out to anyone. Yeah, but it's, again, it's the but, problem where, because the Americans have interpreted free speech to be absolute and are now dealing with that result, uh, that doesn't apply here. Again, no. we don't have a guaranteed right to free speech in that way. We will never have a guaranteed free speech right in that way because our whole state is built on these really strict national security views of the universe. And that's I, never going to change. Oh, I would also like to point out, just uh, for anyone listening, this isn't something that uh, Ireland is moving towards. This is something Ireland has actually moved away from. We have more free speech now than we used to have. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've got liberal. Just point that one out. We had censorship for a long, yes. long time. Like this is we're. It's only since we came of age that the censorship yeah. against Sinn Fein stopped um, and Republicans stopped. So I, I would also point out the thing of like. Here's where the thing comes in, because most of our hospitals are run by the government. Yeah. There's a reason that our free speech doesn't actually have to do with government interference exactly. No. Because that would make things impossible to function in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, there's also just the argument of, fuck it, I don't care. If they want to protest, they can protest. They don't need to protest at a hospital. No. Why don't they just protest outside the doll? Where you, yeah. Where, where you, That's where it's totally fine. normal to protest outside yeah. the doll. Because they're the ones who passed the law. Yeah. Stop protesting at the hospital. Like, don't bother the fucking poor people going to work. What will most likely happen is that the guards will have to crack down a few times, and then it'll just be shunted across. Yeah. I mean, and in well, fairness, if it happens, that's, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, that, no, that's where you that go protest. That's what you're supposed to do. That's right. Yeah. Please yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, to be honest, we, what we should do in general is have protest zones. Yeah. If no pro- free speech is one thing, but like there's the, we have a number of laws that would fuck up any protest. One, um, considering the number of posters in the early days of the campaign, they very quickly caught on that they can't really run on this one. Yeah. Uh, that very, very obscene posters cannot be uh, displayed in public. Um, you can display them in a private gallery, no problem, but you can't display them in public. Yeah. Um, and by obscene, by the way, like I really, these things were quite something. They were horrendous, yeah. They were also working on ways to get around or laws against that where they wouldn't put their names on the posters. Which is also... And then they'd run off with them. Now, the ones they came up with after were much, much softer, I will point out. Before well, it also doesn't help that there were two campaigns fighting each other, so no. it doesn't seem clear who the hell was doing what on the no side. Um, Secondly, there's also aspects of public order. Like, you can have a protest, but if your protest is shutting down... Right. I can't go outside, and I don't think I could do this in any goddamn country. I can't go outside with a placard, stand in the road and going, I'm protesting potholes, and block the road. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Like, I can't do that. No. Uh, Thirdly, I would point out that 
people don't actually have to, they should, but they don't actually have to register with the Gardaí to have a protest. No. Um, which is why we have other restrictions on protests. Mm -hmm. Because if you, you can actually just go out and protest... Now, my argument would be actually that the state has too much power over protests, and I think that the state I would very quickly brings out the fucking dogs and guys on horseback to break up student protests and hurt yes. people. And that, that is the natural impulse of the state is to bring down a hammer. Yeah. Now, if this hammer is being used against the forces Although, of the right... Uh, that said, I would, I would point out, to be fair to the state, though I would point out they had many um, guardy agents in amongst the protesters, yeah, the Occupy campaigns really were given a lot of leeway to hang around. They were, they were. More than, I think, most countries. They were, they were. But um, also, you know, the students got hammered for, and they had a, a, a more legitimate thing to well, be going on about. Yes. And the Shell for Sea guys, that's a whole other cluster. Yeah. You know. like, I'm not, I'm not, I, I would hardly be someone to go out and defend Tend the guards. Guard, yeah. but oh, the by the way, time. there are certain guards who are going to go down in flames over this as well because of the certain guards picking the no side and going after people and stuff like that. That yeah. did happen in Leitrim. I really hope that guy gets prosecuted and gets fired because that is really, really dangerous. You cannot have a situation where a police official, somebody in a position of power who has the power of arrest over you, has taken the side in a political issue and is going to use their authority and the force. And, and this isn't some junior cop. This is no. a senior cop who did this. Um, I suppose the final thing is to discuss the political parties quickly. Yeah. So... Much like the gay marriage one, no party is significantly going to gain from this. Maybe Labour will gain a bit because they have always been on the side of this and they did do a lot of good ground. Shinners might do well out of this, actually. Shinners will probably do well because Mary Lou came out in favour. Yeah, yeah. and um, she was on all the posters. Fine Gael will get no credit, by the way, and they'll get no credit because they set up the Constitutional, sorry, the Citizens' Assembly to, give to not have, have to make to, these decisions. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. So in case any Fine Gael is going, well, we were the ones who held this referendum going, you set up a committee... Because you didn't want to have to deal with it, so you don't get the credit. If, yeah. if, if I say to someone, hey, I don't want to do this job, here, you go do it, and they get paid for it, I can't then go to them and go, whoa, 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 that's my money. You know? Yeah. I, do, yeah, I don't think there will be any major boost for any party. I think there no. will be some substantial pitfalls for certain TDs, but not all TDs. Like, I do think the Healy Rays are, at least one of them is largely safe. Maybe yeah. not the second one, but at least one of them is largely safe in, in Kerry. Yeah. I don't think it'll be, it'll be a very long time for there are no Healy Rays in Kerry. Yeah, yeah. I think the guys in Tipperary who are against... Now, Tip is a little different, but I think some of them will probably be okay as well, because there's enough of a no margin that, yeah. you know... Some of the, some of the more urban-centered Fianna Fáil TDs are probably trouble. looking fairly worried. The guys in Sligo Leitrim, they're yeah. probably in trouble because... The, the, the scale of the yes was yeah. pretty big, you know? And the reason that's scary, by the way, uh, in case you're, again, looking at this from a first-past-the-post thing, is that, yes, they do have pretty much guaranteed support from the people who are in favor of banning abortion. Up to but, a point, though. Some of those people might be different course, political parties, yeah. Uh, like some of them could be rabid Sinn Feiners and rabid they, communists. And but, they have different views, uh, yeah. But while they have that vote, the problem is that this also makes them transfer-phobic, yeah. which means that yeah. a lot of people... Myself included, who would have given a soft yes to a Fianna Fáiler, just out of general thing of, I used to be able to tolerate the more than Fianna Gaelers, they're not getting that soft yes anymore, and that's down the lines at the 7-8s, where you actually do need those yeah, transfers. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, so that's probably what will hit them more than anything else. I do think It'll be that very interesting to see the general election numbers next time it rolls around. I wonder if we'll get a, a new slate of independent, sort of, pro-choice candidates. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. 
how that um, works out. I suppose the last two points I'd make is that, one, if you think the abortion debate is over, oh, no, we have to live with it forever now. Um, secondly, is uh, an important thing to bear in mind with this is that it is, assuming the legislation passes uh, through the doll, government's fine. This will pull through the government for another two years, probably. Depending on how Brexit goes, there's a good chance the government will actually last its term. I think it's... I disagree with you there. However, I will say this is my second thing. If it doesn't pass, then we're going to look at some seriously dangerous political territory. Well, yes. No, I mean, if it doesn't get out of the House, then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to happen and the government will almost inevitably fall. The reason why I think the government is going to have to go for a general election is very simple. This bill is being fast-tracked. The, the, the abortion bill, or whatever they're going to call it. I don't know what the hell they're going to call it. Um, is being fast-tracked now. Bear in mind the huge backlog of bills that are waiting to get out of committee and to be passed by the House. We have a situation where we have a government with a 22-seat deficit when it comes to passing any legislation. It requires the others to help yeah. them. That is not tenable. They're going to do another budget this year, maybe, and then they're going to have to go to the country because... There's no way that this can work because of the pent-up demand inside the legislature to get things through, which Fine Gael do not want to pass. Well, that could be very interesting. Um, like, if it was to occur after October, we would be looking at a very fascinating six months of Irish politics. Yeah. Because we'd be potentially, possibly, managing to look at six to seven referenda, possibly. Yeah. And now these are all minor fiddly referenda for the most part rather than major things. Though there are a couple of interesting ones like mayors and... Um, well, they keep kicking the mayors else. down the road, man. But uh, we'll see. Um, but they would also be seeing a presidential and local elections, so... Yeah, okay, the presidential election, we'll say this briefly before we finish, is the presidential election will only happen this year. Yeah. If Michael D.D. gets an actual challenger who gets ballot access. Yeah. To get ballot access to become a presidential candidate, you need a certain number of TDs to support you, a certain number of senators, and the councils can vote to nominate people. It is, I think, inevitable that Michael will have a challenger of some sort, just because I don't think we're quite comfortable for this auto-renewal stuff that happened with Mary McAleese. I mean, honestly, I, I, would, I would... Although there was a lot of people who don't want an election. I would, say that I would want someone to run even if it were a complete loon just to have an election. I dislike... Yeah, no, I agree with you. Renewal. I do not like renewal, even though Michael's... Oh, I'm, I'm going to vote Michael regardless. Yeah, you know? Michael's fine. I mean, I'll give Michael another vote. But at the same point, I do want some choice. I yeah. don't like this idea of an auto-renewal. Yeah. Just on a democratic but basis. again, on another democratic basis, if there's no challenger occurs... What are you going to do? Why hold an election? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, that'll that'll become clear over the summer. I'm sure we'll have another podcast once we start to see candidates rolling. Maybe, maybe Gandhi will resurface from his crypt. Yes, with his no tax <laughs> pledge. Yeah, yeah, where he will refuse to pay income tax. Um, yeah. I look forward to seeing him in orange. Yeah. He'll look really good in orange. <laughs> and on that note, this is me, Jack Avenor. And uh, me, Jack Kerwin. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. Um, and we will be coming back in the next couple of weeks with uh, different types of uh, episodes, probably more on a cultural basis. And we do have to do Education and Society Part 2, focusing on the Protestant religions, considering the first one yes. focused on the Catholic religion. So we'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so stay tuned. <laughs>